You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. From Crooked Media, this is Unholier Than Thou. I'm your host, Philip Picardi. If you've been listening to the past few episodes, I sure hope you've gathered by now that I'm in search of spiritual meaning in my life. Attending protests and rallies over the past few weeks, I realized there's something intrinsically spiritual about gathering together in solidarity and rebellion. Soul searching, I've learned, is at the very heart of movement work. How we show up is crucial, but we show up both physically and mentally. So what could it mean to show up spiritually too? What does it mean to allow ourselves to be connected to not just a moment in time, but an entire movement? To notice or observe just how spiritual it is to hear stories of sorrow and triumph and demand righteous, earth-shattering change. To help me answer some of those questions, I wanted to consult someone I am both honored and lucky to call a friend, the incredible Tourmaline. Tourmaline is a black trans woman who's an artist and director, best known for her film, Happy Birthday, Marsha. Marsha P. Johnson was a legendary Stonewall activist and Tourmaline's film helped bring her historic activism to the mainstream consciousness. If I wanted to be a saint, I would sleep when it was dark. I'd be a loyal to the law, and not the queens in the park. If I wanted to be a saint, I'd just pray to the pigs. I'd say, yes, Mr. Officer, instead of fuck you, that's my wig. Just this week, Tourmaline's film Salacia was officially acquired by the Museum of Modern Art as a part of their permanent collection. But before Tourmaline was an artist, she was an activist and an early adopter of both prison and police abolition, aka the dismantling of the police and the prison industrial complex. At the core of her work, be it in her movement or in her art, is a focus on the spiritual. After all, how can we change the world if we're not willing to change our own hearts? Tourmaline, it's an honor to be here with you, and it's an honor to hold space with you, as always. Um, Well, we'll get more into your art and the art that you put into the world and how that's all connected to your spirituality. But first, I I still want to go back to your origin story. Um, I, I guess I'd love to start by learning a little bit more about your spiritual origin. So what did faith look like to you while you were growing up? While I was growing up, faith meant a lot of different things. Um, my family had a religious practice. And so my parents, you know, my dad really grew up in, both of my parents grew up very religious. And um, my dad grew up in like a black Baptist church in Memphis and life was about the church. And, but they were also, or, and they were also organizers. They were political organizers. So um 
around a lot of different things, but, you know, my dad was part of this group called the Invaders, which was basically the Memphis counterpart uh, to the Black Panther Party. And my parents met in Detroit doing labor organizing uh, during the Detroit riots. And so to me, I grew up in this kind of rich um, legacy, this rich lineage of people doing, um, my, you know, my family doing activist and organizing work. And I could feel its power moving through me. And I knew that it wasn't separate from spirituality. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about your activism work, because I'm, I'm sure many of the people who are listening know you as an artist and a director. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about your, your, what you worked for or what you worked towards with, with your community organizing work. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I moved to New York in 2002 and I got, uh, as soon as I came here, I started getting involved in activist organizing work around issues of police violence and gentrification and prisons um, around issues of like black liberation and queer liberation as being always connected. I mean, if only you had a crystal ball and could see this current moment, right? But it feels so, it feels so um, encouraging to know that this was spiritually motivated, you know, and that there was a spiritual component of all of this because To know that you felt called and to know that your spirituality is what kept you compelled to doing the work um, is really powerful. And and so when I think of when we first met, which was through your work um, on Happy Birthday, Marsha, your film, where you introduced really the world to Marsha P. Johnson and people all of a sudden started this groundswell of let's honor Marsha P. Johnson, let's honor the origins of Stonewall. You know, this this movement started bubbling and Marsha P. Johnson became a household name, at, at least in queer households. But to think that so many people who are listening to this probably have no idea that you are more than partially to thank for Marsha P. Johnson's entering or re-entering into our mainstream consciousness. Um, and, it, and it's massive. Um, so first of all, thank you for for that. If if I say nothing else today, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. But secondly, I, I, I want to point out that I feel from the outside looking in that your discovery of Marsha and your desire, your deep desire to bring her to our world again feels divinely ordained. And I don't even know if I believe in that shit. You know what I mean? But I feel it when I hear you when I hear you talk about her, do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marsha is, you know, um, I have a very deep spiritual relationship with Marsha P. Johnson. It's amazing how, how much the world has come to value her legacy. And I when I take a kind of wide and out perspective, I'm just like, this is amazing. This is amazing that more and more people are feeling this person's power and knowing that she was shaping the world while she was alive, before she here and well after, you know, through, through many of us who channel her spirit who line up with her vision. And so um, it's powerful to have a 
role in bringing that forward to the world. And it was important to share someone's um, spirit with the world who really, in many ways, kept me going. You know, the like feeling of empowerment, the lessons of empowerment and power that I learned from Marsha are you can feel power regardless of anyone really knowing about your worth or your value or recognizing your labor. That is the story of Marsha. So many people didn't know about who she was when she was alive and yet she moved with tremendous power. And so to me, I think that is an, an important way to, to look at it all. And also, I mean, talk about full circle moments in more ways than one. I mean, on the 51st anniversary of Stonewall, there was no corporatized pride parade. And instead, there was a queer march for the Black Lives Movement yeah. that was extremely well attended, over 50,000 people yeah. strong. And in fact, the NYPD, just like they did 51 years ago, came out with their batons and started beating the shit out of protesters indiscriminately, repeating the same ills of their past that they did. Absolutely. You know, and, and it felt... On the one hand, it feels like, yes, yeah, you know, we have Marsha P. Johnson's legacy that is very much alive and well, and it's and it's calls to defund the police, and it's calls to abolish the police. On the other hand, it's like, look how far we haven't come, you know, and it, and it can feel, it can feel really disheartening. Right. But I wonder, you know, rather than what I felt, I wonder what you felt like witnessing, witnessing this moment as someone who's been who's been trying to bring her legacy and prison abolition and police abolition to the forefront for over a decade. I feel amazed. I feel like we all went through a portal where now we live in a world where 15,000 people show up at the Brooklyn Museum chanting Black Trans Lives Matter. And I'm just so thrilled to be alive for that. And, and one of the things that you've been saying, which I love, is you're not just call, calling for the abolition of the New York City Police Department. You're also calling for all of us to abolish the police that are in our hearts and in our minds. So you're saying that there is a spiritual element again to abolition in particular. Can you elaborate on what that means? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a great um, Angela Davis who... Um, was one of the people who helped start the the organization that I worked for, Critical Resistance. Um, you know, she talks a, a lot about um, recently how we, as people who want to dismantle structures, it's really important to think about our interior condition and the ways that these systems have shaped how we feel about ourselves and how we think about ourselves and how we treat each other. Meaning if we want to have a world that's free of police, we have to think about the ways that we um, reproduce the logics of police, meaning punishing people or policing people's behavior or policing people's um, you know, gender. And even more than that, how are we doing that to ourselves, right? How have these systems, um, you know, moved through us and shaped the ways that we feel about ourselves, right? Um, you know, this kind of violence doesn't just affect our 
material condition, but it shapes the, the ways that we we feel about ourselves and our relationships to spirituality. That's part of a long history of colonialism. And so to me, that part when I was organizing in this that particular way was always on the, the forefront of my mind is our interior condition, right? So it's not just about um, stopping institutions. It's not just about um, you know, stopping interpersonal harm. It's not just about um, you know, making sure that we're not so isolated from each other, but it's about thinking um, through the ideologies that of policing and how they are affecting our interior condition. And that's what uh, we call the five eyes of oppression, um, ideological, institutional, interpersonal, interior, and isolation. And all those issues, all those realms are important to organize around. Wow. Okay. Because I, I just think that that is incredibly profound. I have never thought about the, even the way that we use the term policing, like to, to right. police someone's body or to police right. someone's behavior. I've never actually made a connection of how the physical police are also a manifestation of, of, of those kinds of same things and how they reinforce those same things in society. It is fascinating and mind-boggling to think of it that way. Stonewall was in part a uprising against the NYPD policing people's gender, right? At the time, there was a moral code uh, in New York City that the NYPD enforced. And the moral code said, if you um, were a trans person, you had to wear, and you were appearing in public, you had to wear three articles of clothing with the gender you were associated with at birth. Meaning if you were a trans woman, you could be arrested and put in jail if you weren't wearing three articles of male clothing, quote unquote, male clothing. And, and those still actually exist in prisons and jails and detention centers. And then it's also really important to think about the legacy of something like an anti-cross-dressing law, meaning when we are, when um, internalizing ideas about beauty and what does or doesn't look good on us or what we can or cannot leave the house in or um, when we're holding tremendous amount of shame about how we want to aestheticize or fashion ourselves, that's the legacy of anti-cross-dressing laws moving in a spiritual realm, in an immaterial realm, in an interior realm. And that's the work that I seek now as an artist and filmmaker to, to transform, right, how we feel about ourselves. Listen, if fashion and beauty were not powerful, they would not try to police it all of the time. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, it's like um, it's like a solve for my soul to hear someone as brilliant as you talk about fashion and beauty in such a um, reverent and spiritual way. Let's take a break right now and come back after this. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. 
Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts. And take it from me, the sound quality is great, especially for blasting some Britney. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Cardi B are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com unholy. That's buyraycon.com unholy for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com unholy. Unholier Than Thou is brought to you by Parachute. I just moved to Los Angeles, and let me tell you, nothing says new home quite like their beautiful linen sheets. We believe that when we take care of our home, it takes care of us. Parachute's mission is to make you feel at home. Home is the most comforting word there is. It's where we go to recharge, wash off the day, and rest up for tomorrow. Parachute's everyday essentials are designed in Los Angeles and responsibly manufactured by the world's best craftspeople. They only use the finest materials to make long-lasting, quality home essentials. Parachute linen is light, airy, and casually elegant, giving it timeless appeal. Made in a family-owned factory in Portugal, your linen sheets are made without any harmful chemicals or synthetic softeners, so nothing comes between you and Parachute's naturally comfortable fabrics. Visit ParachuteHome.com unholy for free shipping and returns on Parachute's premium quality, very comfortable home essentials. That's ParachuteHome.com unholy. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Now, let's pick up our conversation with Tourmaline. So, I guess one of the things I would love, if you, if you wouldn't mind, I have never had my tarot read before. And for a while now, we've been talking about, maybe we'll do a tarot reading, maybe we'll get on the phone. Yeah. But I finally have you on the phone. For those of you who are listening, Tourmaline is very hard to get on the phone lately, <laughs> because she's a big <laughs> MoMA star now, okay? But... Hey, Mama. <laughs> so should we do should we do some tarot before? Let's do it. Let's do some tarot. Let you go. Okay. Okay. So tell me what tarot is, and tell me how tarot would go if we were not social distancing and over a Zoom call recording a podcast. So tarot is just a tool, like astrology or other tools, to get deeper with ourselves and um, move in the direction um, of our desire. So what I thought I would do is I would pull, I'm going to shuffle a little bit and then I'm going to pull three cards. Um, But if we weren't social distancing, I would have you shuffle the deck and then um, while thinking about a question that you have, and then I would uh, look at the cards and, um, and, you know, use it as a way to help you get deeper with that question and move towards the answer. So is there a question that you have that um, you'd like to? Mm, I mean, I think my big question is, 
what is next for me? But I don't really have a particular framework for the question. Do, is it this like a kind of an astrology thing where I need to tell you like, I'm thinking of career or I'm thinking of love or I'm thinking of spirituality or can I just be like super vague? It, you can be as vague as you want to be. I will be vague and I will say, what is next? What is next? That's my question for the deck. Love that. Okay. Okay. Before I start shuffling, the question that is helpful is what is getting to the feeling place of what's next? Meaning, how do you want to feel in what's next? I want to feel, I'm so afraid of the word powerful lately. Um, I've been thinking a lot about power and the ways in which I've occupied power and therefore have been complicit um, in abuse of power. And so I guess I, I less have a desire to feel powerful than I guess just connected to and aware of my power. Um, and I guess what's next is I, I you know, I really want to feel intentional. Like I want to feel like there is a purpose and I know and have clarity about my intention and that that is what I need to do and go forth with in all aspects of of my life right. you know I, I mean it's no coincidence that we're here in a podcast and I'm trying to figure out my relationship right. with God um, but it does it does apply to kind of all elements of like what a crisis of faith means that has permeated all elements of my life right. so it's not about feeling powerful it's about knowing your power maybe knowing that you're moving with a lot of intention so your actions are intentional actions. They're informed by the fact that you do have power, that you know that you're powerful and you're doing actions from that place and you're moving forward with clarity and you feel clear about that. Yes, ap- exactly, yes. Okay, so I'm gonna shuffle a little bit. Okay. Oh God. Am I just supposed to be saying the question in my head or something, or do I just watch you? Yeah. You just do whatever feels good. The best part about tower works the best when you feel really good. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the hierophant is the ground. And I love this because this is, uh, this is about grounding um, spiritual questions. You are ace of discs. So this is the highest manifestation card. This is about making material your, um, your connection with spirit. Um, it's a really good card. I, it's like manifesting. It's, the energy above you is the emperor. That's the Aries card. This is a trump card. Uh, you're an Aries. This is about moving in new directions. So this is you materializing, manifest, making manifest your desire. It's a, above anyone looking out is seeing you move in new directions. It's also leadership. It's about, and I hate to say it, it's about power. It's about moving with power and being all things Aries. You are first out of the gate. You are meant to be in charge. The energy below is the devil. So this is the Capricorn card. A lot of times that can be about work or career. That can be about um, laughing at your bedevilments. It means when you're in a situation that is seeking to throw you off, sometimes the best thing to do is laugh. 
you're supposed to laugh at this situation and get back and also into your like sexual deviant power. The energy above is about you being a leader. These are two trump cards. These are major, you know, this is like big deal energy. Big deal energy. <laughs> oh, big deal energy. Oh, oh. Okay. So this is really huge. Let me just flip this. I don't know if I can flip it. This is you. This is, you know, this is discs. This is work. This is manifesting. This is the energy above. This is like you're, you're being called and seen by the world uh, as like taking up leadership, Aries, forward-moving emperor energy. Oh, oh. And so you have some really great outcomes. And these are your three outcomes. Three outcomes. The first one is lust. Oh. You are... Um, yeah, I mean, this, uh, this is a huge reading. This is a way of like, lust, this is the Leo card. You're going to find a way to be with your desire and moving forward in a way that works really, really good for you. Um, you know, these are major cards, right? Like this means that there's something really big about this happening for you. This is like a really big card. And then the second one is Queen of Wands. This is about really self-actualizing this is about knowing your worth and remembering who you came into this world as and allowing yourself to inhabit that and then this one this last one is princess of cups it's um the dispossessive heart it's love that doesn't seek to own anyone or any situation but it's loving with that full knowledge that you are loved that you are powerful that you know when you're loving um your you all of your channels are wide open so you are this way moving forward is is powerful it is lined up with the biggest version of you and it's spiritual and it's about work and and this is amazing wow i um I feel like that was all extremely uh, encouraging, actually. Like, I actually feel like a weight was just lifted off of my shoulders in a way. Um, I don't even know what to say. That was incredibly moving and oddly, um, I feel oddly, like, sentimental or something. I, I very much appreciate that so much. What do I do with this reading? Like, what is what is next with, with a tarot reading? So... You really don't have to do much of anything other than pay attention to your thoughts. This is a question about Mercury, thoughts, and Taurus, work. And you want to just make sure that your thoughts about work feel good. And when they don't, slow down, relax, take a bubble bath, and massage your thoughts into a better feeling place. Amazing. Um is there anything that the world should know about this movement, this time, um, anything that you have felt spiritually connected to that you want to give a shout out uh, as, a, as a closing thought or meditation? I just think that we're in a beautiful sea change. And as much as we can remember that, we are in a new segment. We're in a world that now 15,000 people have come together in New York City around Black trans lives. We're in a world where 
uh, we're really coming together around our desire for to be free, to have a good feeling, to move around without violence, to um, release ourselves of police and prisons and the things that, that harm us. Like, we're in a really powerful moment. Tormelina, I have to say, your story is inspiring because to me, you illuminate so many different chapters of what this moment means. And what I mean by that is I know that there are a lot of people listening who maybe feel like they're not doing enough in this moment um, or that they're not valuable in this moment, maybe because they don't have the vocabulary, the upbringing, the education, the skill sets to be the people or be the megaphone that people are listening to. And something that you know, you've shown me, but both by being your friend and by getting to know you even through this conversation, is that there is a place for everyone. And everyone. And I think what's so powerful about it is you've connected to your power in so many different ways throughout your life already. And in each different manifestation of your power, you gave us something different. And now we are just getting to witness the blossoming of the seeds that you've been planting all along. So I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. This is so enjoyable. I appreciate it. You can check out Tourmaline's work by watching Happy Birthday, Marsha on Amazon Prime. Her latest film, Salacia, is available for viewing on the Museum of Modern Art's website at moma.org. That's M-O-M-A dot org. To get more involved in the movement for Black trans lives, check out a resource document with people to follow, reading material, and organizations to donate to at actforblacktranslives.org. And for more on the growing movement to defund the police, check out 8toabolition.com. That's the number 8toabolition.com. Unholier Than Thou is a Crooked Media production. Our producers are Adriana Cargill and Elisa Gutierrez, with production support from Allison Falzetta and Lyra Smith. The theme song is by Taka Yasuzawa, and our executive producer is Sarah Geismer. Thanks for listening. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.